You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. This is the fifth in our series on roots, getting back to our roots. And part of our roots is to be a witness. We often talk about witnessing for Christ, but Jesus' commanded, command to the believers is to be witnesses. Be witnesses. It could be that our failure to be witnesses may hinder our efforts to witness. Some Christians will approach a total stranger with the plan of salvation. While this is certainly commendable, it is not, it do not have a good success rating. The reason being is that we have no credibility with strangers. Who are you? Who am I? While a spirit-led encounter with a stranger can produce great results, it's not a cookie-cutter method for 2017 evangelism. Now, if the Holy Spirit directs you to a person that you don't know and they don't know you, then that will work fine. But for the average person, not used to hearing the voice of God, you may brush it off as just your imagination or a good thought. Even pastors and teachers and evangelists need to establish a trust factor that would give an open door for preaching the gospel or sharing faith. There's a large difference in being a witness and witnessing. Jesus gave us a key to reaching others for him. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we read, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses, my witnesses, in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of of the earth. Now the number one thing that Jesus said was to wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. So that was the first thing that he said. We need to be spirit-filled people to effectively minister for the Lord. And then right behind that is be a witness. Being a Christian witness involves our whole life as well as words. This is what we refer to as lifestyle evangelism. Did you ever hear the saying, action speaks louder than words? This rings true for every Christian. 
I can quote scriptures. I can tell my story. But if my life is not adding up, if the way that I live is not according to what I am saying, people won't believe me. They'll call me a phony. They'll say, you're nothing but a hypocrite. If we're going to quote the word and confess the word, then we must live the word. It's number one in the church. All of the other things, this beautiful service that we've had this morning, means nothing if we are not reaching out. We are saved to be a witness. Sharing our faith with other people. And live. Somebody said one time, I don't know exact, the exact quote now, it's just coming to me. But somebody had said, basically, I, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact words. But do everything you can in your lifestyle and in your living to win people to Christ. And if necessary, use words. A stressed out woman was tailgating a man as they drove through the traffic. As he slowed to a stop at an amber light, she gestured ang angrily, she swore, she screamed, she blasted her horn, and then she heard a tap on her car window, and there was a policeman. She rolled down the, the window, and he said, kindly step out of the car, ma'am. She stepped out of the car, immediately put her in handcuffs, and pulled her off to the, to the jail. A while later, he came to her and he said, Ma'am, I'm so sorry. You know, he said, when I pulled up behind you, I saw two bumper stickers on your car. One said, what would Jesus do? And the other one said, follow me to church. He said, so I immediately assumed that your car was stolen. God wants us to be salt in our world. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the foot of men. We are salt to the world. A godly life will impart a positive flavor to those all around us. To be salt is to be flavor and a preservative to the people around us. God also wants us to be light in our world. In Matthew 5, 14, 16, you are the light of the world. 
A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, light dispels darkness. When you and I are being light to other people, you are shedding light of the gospel into their lives. Good deeds can't save you, but it can be a light to a lost soul. You are witnessing for Christ by your actions, not just by your words. And so many times we're so concerned that we don't have the right words or we don't know the right scriptures to use to lead a person to Christ. Try your life. Try living a life that is pleasing to God. It will cause somebody else to say, that's what I want. That's what I need. I need something that that person has. We are witnessing for Christ by our actions, not just by our words. People are influenced by who we are and how we live. Be salt and light before others. You exert a positive influence upon people when you do that. Our evident goodness will be open, open their hearts to listen to our testimony. And that's how we earn real credibility. If they see that what we're talking about, we're actually living ourselves. When people see who we are, they will give heed to the message about Jesus. People need to see what it is, what it means to be a child of God. A witness tells what he knows. A witness is one who has seen or heard something and gives evidence of that. Let's take a few examples as a reference to Christian witness. A good witness tells the truth, nothing more or nothing less. In Acts chapter 2, 32, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of that fact. In Acts 3, 15, they, again, they're witnessing and they say, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this. Acts chapter 13, verse 30 and 31. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. The disciples testified to these things. They knew it to be true about Jesus. They testified to the truth of his life, his death, and his resurrection. The fact is, you don't need a degree in theology. You don't have to be a pastor or an evangelist. But you must be born again. 
That's your B.A. in theology. Born again. Amen? And when you're born again, you have a witness. You can share what Christ has done in your life. Someone said, it's better felt than told. Well, to a certain extent, but not really. We've got to tell it. You can't keep it to yourself because it's so good no one will believe you. They'll see it in your face. They'll see it in your character. And they'll, they'll, they'll sense the passion as you share what God has done in your life. And it'll make a difference. The disciples testified to the things that they knew to be true. A witness shares what he has experienced. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you can share that experience with anyone who will listen. If you have received healing, you can share that experience. There's lots of people who need encouragement to receive healing in their lives. If you have practiced the principles of giving and, and as laid out in Scripture and received the promised blessing, you can share that experience. There's lots of people who are struggling financially. If you have a restoration in your marriage or other relationship, you can share about that, how God helped you get through that difficult time in your life. If you have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in, with other tongues, you can share that experience as well. Experiences are not to be hoarded. They're to be shared so that God can bless others. He didn't just bless me and bless you just so that we could feel good. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are sharing what we know when we say that we know Jesus Christ personally. People of the world find it hard to understand that concept. Someone, some would ask, how can one have a relationship with a dead person? The answer is simple. You don't have a relationship with a dead person. You can only have a relationship with someone who is alive, and Jesus is alive. Listen to the words of 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. John says, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. All of the early Christians were sharing their experience. Wherever they went, they shared it. And the gospel of Christ began to grow until we've come right up to this period of time in history.
And now there are millions and millions of Christians in the world born again. John said, I saw him. I heard him. I walked with him. I touched him. Every salesperson know, knows that you, you can't sell what you don't believe in. The same way with the gospel. Every salesperson knows that. If you haven't experienced Jesus, you can't witness for him. You don't know him. When somebody comes to me and wants a reference letter, I can only put on the letter what I know. I don't lie. I don't tell somebody something about someone that's not true or that I don't know. I have to have a relationship with a person to know, to write anything very much about them. But I know Jesus. If you know Jesus, you can talk about what he has done for you. You can share how he changed your life. How he filled you with the Holy Spirit. How he healed your sickness. How he changed you. I still remember as a boy of nine years of age running to the altar Kneeling down and saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. Nine years of age. And I remember the next morning as I got up, I felt so light and so free. You say a nine-year-old boy couldn't have had too much sin in his life. Well, there was something that Jesus took out of my life. That made me free. I had ups and downs, ups and downs in my Christian walk until I met my beautiful wife and she gave her heart to the Lord and, and I came back to the Lord. But I had a lot of bitterness in my life. I know what it is to be taunted and teased and ridiculed because of my faith. And as a young boy, it's not easy to take. And I know how often I failed and gave up on God and became worse. I was a bad boy when I wasn't serving Jesus. And I was a wicked young man when I wasn't serving Jesus. And I hated people. Not a very good credential to be a pastor. There wasn't a half a dozen people outside of my immediate family that I cared anything about. I hated them. Because of what they did to me. 
and what they did to my family members, the way they spoke about us. But when I surrendered all of that to Jesus, in a moment of time, all of that stuff was gone. And instead of bitterness, there came love to replace it. And I have a love for people today. I could never be a pastor if I didn't love people. But it's what Jesus did in my life. I had to let those things go. I had to forgive everyone. Some of them may have come and said, please forgive me and I would forgive them. But if they never came, but if they would come, as far as I'm concerned, it's all forgiven. That's what God does for you. And any Christian who is living with unforgiveness in your heart, I'm going to tell you, you are bound. It's a hole that the enemy takes over you, and you just, you just can't be free. The Bible says that those who the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. And he wants to set you free. It's as much for your benefit as it is as it is for the other person. I'm going to tell you why I believe in Jesus. Being raised in a Christian home and in the church, I came to know about Jesus from other people's story. My parents, my grandparents, pastors, Sunday school teachers, and other Christians. And the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Although I walked the wrong path for quite a while, it was these testimonies, it was these men and women who I looked at, and I saw from week to week to week. We just lived on a little island, uh, three miles long and two miles wide. Basically tripping over one another. So you couldn't get very far away. You knew everybody. You knew everybody's business. You knew everything about everybody. And those Christians, I knew them. And I saw in their lives a faith that inspired me. Even when I wasn't serving God, even when I was doing the, the wrong things, they were an influence upon me. And many of those people kept praying for me and praying for me. Because my mom and dad and my grandmother and grandfather would not give up on me. They had the church praying for me all the time. I couldn't get away. Neither Effie nor I were serving the Lord when we were married. But it wasn't long after that. when We were serving God with all of our heart. And this brought us to this point in our life. And now we look back just about 53 years 
And we're so thankful that we put our trust in God. If I had carried on the vein that I was going, I would have been an alcoholic at the least. I'd be pushing up daisies probably years and years ago. But God got a hold of my life. I wasn't born again when my first boy was born. But because I had a good influence upon my life, I looked at that little baby, my son, my flesh and blood. I said, Effie, I want you to take, send, no, I didn't say take. I said, I want you to send Dennis to Sunday school with mom and dad. That's not the plan that God had. So a little while after, I gave my heart to Jesus. And all of our kids were taken to church every time the doors were open. And Sunday school and all of these things. We totally immersed ourselves in the church. And I'm so thankful I did. Look at my daughter who said when she was 16, Dad, I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't want to be a Christian. And it just about broke my heart. We had brought them up well, we thought. And not knowing what else to say, I, I was in Bible college at the time. I said, Cindy, if the Mounties had knocked on my door today and said that you were killed in a car accident, it would be better news than that. It shocked her, I know. But she shocked me too. For about a year, we prayed and we prayed. And then... One morning, about three, four o'clock in the morning, a knock comes on the door. We're already pastoring. And it's Cindy and my sister and brother-in-law. And Cindy says, Dad, I've given my heart back to God. Today, she's a pastor's wife. She's got a ministry. See, folks, pays, it pays to trust God. I remember asking my daughter, asking my sons who were wayward, what did I do? How did I mess up that you don't want to serve God? They all said with one voice, Dad, you didn't do nothing wrong. And we kept praying, we kept believing. And sometimes I would get so discouraged and I'd say, I said, I'm not going to pray for them anymore. They're getting worse. Let them go to hell. But I knew that was my flesh speaking. 
And I'd get back on my knees and I'd get praying, seeking God. And it pays off, folks. Now we've got grandkids that are doing some of the things that I was doing. And we're praying. And we're believing. And we're seeing some good results. Family is important, folks. But if the leader of the family, if the head of the home is not praying and seeking God and living a life that is pleasing to God, you're not doing your children any favors. In the beginning of our faith comes from hearing someone else telling us about Jesus. But we need to have our own personal experience with him. We can't confirm our faith and tell others about this awesome Savior. We can confirm our faith. We have several examples of this principle in the scripture. In 1 Kings 10, we read about the visit of the Queen of Sheba to Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 6 and 7 says, Then she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and about your wisdom. However, I did not believe all the words until I came and saw with my own eyes, and indeed the half was not told. Your wisdom and prosperity exceeds the fame of which I heard. In John chapter 4, we read about the woman at the well and the people in her community. The Bible says in John chapter 4, verse 39 to 42, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the words of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own words. And then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, For we ourselves have heard him and know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. You see, what you have to share will spark faith in someone else. But then when they begin to get the the revelation of who God is and what he has done for them, then their faith will be much stronger. If you have committed your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, Your life has been changed. You have been transformed by the power of God. You are a new creation. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 You can't help but lift up holy hands and praise his holy name as a testimony of how good God is. If God has done something in your your life 
Has he done anything for you? Like given, forgiven you, cleanse you from sin? God has lifted you out of the depths of despair. If God has performed a miracle in your life, if God has made a way where there seems to have been no human way, then you need to witness about it. You need to share that with somebody. Do you remember what Jesus said when the Pharisees asked him to rebuke the crowd for praising him? Luke chapter 19, verse 40. He answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. God says, I will have praise. I will have praise. And I believe that if the crowd had been silent that day, they would have witnessed the mother of all earthquakes as the stones began to declare the glory of God. I don't know about you. I don't want any rocks taking my place in praising the Lord. We are saying that Jesus is real, that he saves, that he keeps, that he satisfies. And we need to declare it. That's why... We worship the Lord in here. It is not mainly to get ourselves built up so we can feel good. We are encouraging one another. Some people that have come into this room today have had a very difficult week. They need to hear the praises of God. They need for people to be worshiping God so that they can blend in with them and begin to worship as well. And thank God for his faithfulness. Somebody here needs to know that our God reigns over sickness and disease. By the way, Mr. Marion Strausser is in the hospital in Edmonton. She's got to have a triple bypass. And it'll be this week. Keep praying for her. Believe for her. She came into the office before she, she left. And we prayed with her last week. Pray for her. Pray for her family. Pray for her husband, Joe. Pray that faith will arise within the whole family to believe for a miracle for her. But somebody needs to know that God restores marriages, relationships. Somebody needs to know that he provides for your financial needs. Somebody needs to know that he will deliver from every evil spirit and every evil influence and every addiction that has gripped your life. Deliver from every kind of addiction. He's the bondage breaker. Call upon him and watch the chains fall off. Call upon him and be set free from that which keeps you bound. Romans 10, 13 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That don't leave anybody out. Nobody is left out. 
Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Those who trust in the Lord will not be disappointed, Romans 10, 11 tells us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. Your understanding is limited. Your knowledge is limited, but God is limitless. He will do anything. He can do anything. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. With this I'm concluding, Jesus is Lord, He is God, He never changes, yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same, nothing different, He's no different now than when He was in the flesh on earth. The only difference is that when he went away, he sent back the Holy Spirit, which makes him available to every tribe and kindred, every nation, every country, every province, every state in the universe. And wherever people are worshiping him, he says, I'm there, I'm in your midst, and he's here in Colake Community Church right now to meet your need. Whatever that need may be. The man who was delivered from demons, Jesus said, go home to your family and friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And that's what he requires of every one of us. We are all called to be Christian witnesses. Let's do the same. Let's let people know what God has done for us. Don't look at someone else and say, oh, I got to be like him. No, you don't. You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like John. You don't have to be like Ernie. You just be you and what God has done for you. I want you to know that if you're not born again today, you can be. It's just simply saying a little prayer and acknowledging to God that you believe that he gave his only son to die on the cross for your sins. And you accept that as a full payment for your sin. Because the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You may have been do, doing good works ever since you were born. You may have never told a lie. You may have never took God's name in vain. But you're still a sinner. Because the Bible says you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. There is none righteous, no, not one. Not me, no one. But the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. And that's what makes the difference, folks. 
I'm clean because of the blood of Jesus. And if I do something to mess myself up today, I'm going to go back to him and I'm going to say, Lord, forgive me. And I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. That's what God wants to do for his creation. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Is there anyone here that needs to be born again today? You want to raise your hand? Anyone? You don't know the Lord your Savior? You say, if my heart were to quit beating this moment, I don't know where I'd go. That's a good indication. You're not ready to meet the Lord. Once more, anyone who wants to receive Jesus as their Savior, just about every week, we get cards that say, I want to know more about being a Christian. I want to know Jesus as my Savior. I'm dedicating my life to Jesus. And we follow up on those cards. And again this week, it's been no different. And I was able to lead a person to Jesus Christ. Folks, this is what church is about. All of the other things that you see in church, that's a result of receiving Jesus Christ into our hearts. But if we are not re reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we are not fulfilling our mandate. We can have a glorious service here Worshiping God, the Spirit of God moving, every heart is being touched. If that's all we do in Cold Lake Community Church, we have failed. And I want you to know that God is more pleased if one person is brought to the Lord in the Baptist Church today, or, or one person is brought to the Lord in the Alliance Church, or in the Lutheran Church today than all of the hooping and hollering that we could ever do. It's about souls, folks. Jesus died so that nobody would perish. Healing and prophecy and tongues and all of the other good things that happens in a Christian life is nothing if people are not receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. I cannot stress this enough. Folks, if we can lead one family member to Christ, it's worth it. If you can lead one worker, one fellow worker that you're working with on the job to Christ, it's worth it. You don't have to be some special person. You just have to be you. If you knew how everyone in this room to get $100,000 by just doing something. Wouldn't you tell them? You've got something that's worth billions. Oh, all of the gold in the world cannot buy it. It's that precious. It's the salvation of a soul. 
So while we're experiencing, I'm saying this, while we are experiencing a move of God in our own lives, while we're getting stirred up and revived in our own spirits, while we are having good teaching on on Wednesday night, while we are having good teaching on Tuesday night, while we are experiencing all of the good blessings of God, let's remember, first and foremost, we are to be witnesses. Be witnesses. And that's the most important thing. The life that I live, my lifestyle. Put away some of these things that is just killing us spiritually. And get on fire for God. Amen. Do you still love me? Okay. Lord bless you. We're going to have some fellowship outside again. We'll have some worship. Somebody wants prayer, no matter what it is. God answers prayer. No exceptions. God answers prayer. Amen. Lord bless you guys. We are very blessed people. Amen. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.